This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, this is going to be interesting. So um, welcome to uh, the first self-isolating Poetry in Motion. Not even COVID-19 can stop the spread of this podcast. I am joined by, of course, uh, two experts. We normally do this Three of us normally sit around a little two-bar electric fire in the basements of the Echo. But no, we're all in our own separate homes doing this uh, via the wonders of modern technology. I'm joined by Kiva O'Neill, who is hermetically sealed in a pod somewhere over the water. Hello, Kiva. Hello. Birkenhead's always been a bunker, Neil. You know that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> not, even co- not even COVID-19. Not even COVID-19 a tra- no. chance to stand over there, would it? I mean, some say this is where it started, but, you know, that's just <laughs> well, You know, bat soup's on the menu there, isn't it? Uh, also joining us is Paul Ghost, who is in some sort of vacuum-sealed sleeping bag, I believe. That's it, yeah. In deepest south, uh, trying to stay indoors. I don't think I've unlocked my door since Monday night. Um, I need to get out and go for a walk or something later. Yeah, first of all, before we start this, how have we been coping with everything? Obviously, everyone out there listening to this, thank you for taking up your time, although you've probably got plenty of it at the moment. Um, but thank you for taking the time to listen to, uh, to to this download, anyway, to this podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, whatever you guys and girls have been doing to stay safe, please keep doing so. Uh, we, will, we, will, we will see the other end of this, no doubt, uh, before long. Uh, but how have you guys been coping, Ghosty? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? It's been all right. I think the last four months have flown over, to be honest. <laughs> last four months? Yeah. I, I actually, to be honest, last week was okay. This week has started to get to me a little bit, but um, nothing we can do. We, we could be in a worse position. We're still able to do our jobs as normal, yeah. pretty much, just working from home. So we're all right, really. We've, we've just got to crack on with it and we'll get through it, won't we? Absolutely. Kiva, I've heard you've uh, drew a face on a Wembley trophy like Tom Hanks and Castaway, is that right? Yeah, I'm just crying, Wilson. All nice. Um, no, it is, it is difficult. Look, people listening will be in the same boat as us. It's you know we're, we're healthy, so that's you know obviously a gift. But um, it's it's difficult, isn't it, not being able to see me nan and granddad for what's going to be three months. Me nieces and nephews. Yeah. You know, everyone's got families, and you know people living alone, especially if you listen to this. It's it's taking it all on everyone, and you know especially with what we should really be doing now is partying. And we're not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well, listen, everyone, just um, stick with it. And uh, you brought up a lovely point there, uh, Kiva. Oh, there were sad points as well. Uh, missing missing loved ones. So, um, uh, you know, if you have uh, people out there, get in touch, pick up the phone, have a little chat and stuff like that. It's, uh, and we'll get through this together. All right, let's let's put that behind us for a second and talk about... Uh, well, we can't talk about football as it is. We can talk about football as it has been up until this madness, uh, which, of course, let's we might as well start with it. Liverpool's exit in, in the Champions League um, against Atletico Madrid. Ironically, guys, uh, one of our better performances, but just 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 wasn't enough. Uh, and, of course, the look that we've, we've had on our side in, in many of the games betrayed us uh, with a moment of madness from the goalie. But it was a great performance, Keith. Yeah, it was pure say, isn't it, to be honest? Thinking that it's probably the last match we might ever see. Hopefully not, but, you know, to be there at Anfield, it was, you know, a really good, entertaining night and it felt like Firmino's finally got his goal and it was all coming together. Then it just unravelled, which is so unlike this Liverpool team. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the best sort of note to leave football in general on, but, you know, I, I think it, it was an entertaining night. It was a good performance from Liverpool and 
do you know what? I haven't even watched it back or really give it thought. I'm into astronomy now, and I'm just, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm stargazing. I've given up on football. It's, you know, That's... you've got to take what you can get now. And the stars, they're always shining, aren't they? So. They're always standing. Look at the stars. Don't shave your legs. It's all it's all gravy. <laughs> uh, of course, as I said before, the ironic thing was though everything was going and, uh, and Keith was just <coughs> just hit her on the head there really when Bobby's going and it was all coming to plan, wasn't it? And then you can't really legislate for, for moments of, of madness like that. But overall, it was a, it was a performance that, that uh, Liverpool fans uh, have been wanting to see for quite a while. Yeah, certainly. Probably the best he played for months, really. I'm, I'm trying to think of a of a recent performance that was as good as it and maybe I think Leicester on Boxing Day was probably the best performance of the season and, and it was it was along those lines, wasn't it? For a hundred minutes it was almost perfect. The only thing they couldn't seem to do was was uh, beat Jan Oblak who alongside Alison Becker for me is probably the world's best goalkeeper and he, he showed why on that night and I think it, it literally was just a tale of two keepers. You know, Atletico's was inspired, um, absolute world-class goalkeeper and Liverpool's was a backup who should never be playing a Champions League last 16 tie. Um, that's just unfortunate because Alisson's injury has come at this particular time, but um, that's that's the fine margins, isn't it? Um, Liverpool were excellent, unlucky to go out, unlucky to lose on the night. Um, didn't deserve anything from the first leg, but the second leg, you can have um, much, to, much to gripe about and, and created so much and just come up against a, an inspired keeper and a uh, top class uh, defensive setup, really. Yeah, and of course, all this came before the the uh, the, the announcements to suspend everything, and it was all in yeah. limbo. And and controversially, you know, three thousand Atletico fans were allowed to come over here, which which, which was a, an absolutely balmy decision to make, yeah. in my eyes. And and as we look at look at how 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 things are unfolding in Spain, even more so when you realise uh, the potential. Um, the potential risk of outbreak here. Anyway, that aside, we, we were then in in this mad kind of no man's land uh, when it came to the Premiership. Two wins away from from taking the, our first our first Premiership on, on title in, in in thirty years, and then and then the breaks went on. Um, it is a, it is a strange one. We've had stupid comments from 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 chairwomen of football clubs and. <laughs> Uh, suggesting that we somehow null and void it. Here's one that is going to terrify everyone to even think about. But the longer this goes on, the longer we're in this sort of limbo, um, do you think there's an argument, no, there's no argument as far as I'm concerned, but do you think there is a, a possibility that, that people might start thinking it's going to be easier to make a, a, a really drastic decision about this league because it starts going out of the public mind? Airport ghosty. Ooh, maybe. Um, I it's mean, a horrible thing to put up, but that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the football authorities last week didn't. He said that this season will be extended indefinitely. So what that essentially means is this season will get finished by hook or by crook, whether that's. I mean, it has to be the only way, doesn't it? Or you know, Christmas Day. Um, so I think that's a little bit of reassurance from fans, not just the Liverpool fans, but fans of clubs who uh, who are threatening to do something that this season. You know, you look at Leeds United. Haven't been in the Premier League for 15 years and they're top of the championship now. Yeah. With um, a top manager, Marcelo Bielsa. West Brom are um, on the cusp of returning as well. You know, there's going to be about half a dozen teams below them who think they've got a shot at the playoffs. Um, so I think to not avoid the season would be devastating for them. Um, I think it would leave the Premier League in um, a mountain of, of paperwork with regards to lawyers and suits and all that kind of stuff. 
I think that basically there's too much money involved to, to avoid the season. So to hear that we'll be finished, whatever the you know whatever happens is good news from a Liverpool perspective. And I think a lot of the null and void shouts are basically coming from uh, fans, West Ham teams who <laughs> haven't had a particularly good season. Um, yeah, you, know, you, could, you can mention you know quite a few of Liverpool's rivals in that, couldn't you? So hopefully that is just all background noise, and, and the season does get completed. Whether it's this month, next month, well, we know it's not going to be this month, but whether it's you know six months down the line, we'll, we'll just re- rearrange the schedule as and when. I mean, there's been some stupid things out, not m- mostly from the mouth of Richard Keyes, uh, who seems to be hell bent on 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 yeah. isolate self isolate himself from the entire city of Liverpool for the rest of his life. <laughs> but um, one of the things you know, one of the things he's come up with that I've that I've read in, in a few reports as well that is really annoying is this. This idea that somehow Liverpool fans want to be handed the league without finishing it. I haven't had one Liverpool fan no. who doesn't want us to win this the way Liverpool fans want us to win it. We are purest football fans more than anything else. Uh, and the idea that Liverpool fans want to say, well, you might as well give us it with 25 points ahead. It's just, it's an absolute nonsense, Kiva, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, always going to disagree with Richard Keyes, whatever he says. Um, if he likes Tay, don't like it anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think you know Liverpool fans want to win the league. They want to win games. They want to be, you know, they don't want it to be just handed to them. And that can't be the way anyway, because like Paul said, you know, there's teams there's like so Sheffield, many other elements. Yeah. Teams like Sheffield United have had the season of their lives. You know, their fans want to see how that ends. They don't just want to be like I think they're seventh at the minute. They don't, you know, they're pushing for Europe and. You know, that, that all comes to an end, doesn't it, with that? It's kind of like, I don't know, you, you want to earn it. And, you know, after 30 years waiting for it, of course, we, we you know, we we take it if we, if we were handing it out. But this team, you know, they want to win it. And you'd never hear the last of it from rival fans, would you? No matter what, you'd hear, oh, you know, oh, yeah. tainted title. He'd been saying that all season just because Liverpool are, you know, lightning bolts ahead of everyone else. Um. It's just one of them, isn't it? I don't think they're going to hand it to us. We're going to have to win it. Like Paul says, if it takes till Christmas Day, then that's where we'll be. It's interesting, isn't it? You just don't kind of know where we, where we stand at the minute. I've kind of forgot like football and what it means and everything, even though we're still writing about it every day. And you know, It's, it's just such a, a weird time to be alive when this should be, as I said before, the, the best time to be alive. We're, we're kind of hanging in this weird like alternate universe for a minute. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if we did win a Christmas day, it'd ruin all the other presents, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it'd just be it. absolutely crap, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd, I'd, say, I'd say what one thing that would, that would be real, really sad, though, is the, uh, the idea of winning it in a in an empty stadium. You know, yeah, can you imagine absolutely. the one that fans have waited for for 30 years and then Jordan Henderson lifts it aloft with no one there. That would just be really surreal and, and sad. And yeah. if it does come to that... I'd, you know, but you obviously have to stick to the guidelines and stuff. But the club would have to do something to to offset that. With the, I don't know what. I mean, you couldn't even have a parade at the moment because it's it's a really strange time. Well, that's why, in many ways, it's good to just just cut this here where it is now. Let this thing see its course through, and then carry things on. Because, like you say, the idea of lifting the cup to to some bloke in the stands clapping and and God knows what else in an ice cream van going past the background. Um, would just would just be horrendous, really. And then, of course, you know there was there was close to a million people come out when we won the Champions League. Mm. And the idea of 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 not being able to parade 
you know, a 30 year wait out on the streets because of this, it would just be beyond belief. So, so in many ways, very, very important that we just hold it where it is. And then just when this thing is, has been seen through and hopefully as quick as possible, uh, carry on with things. What do you think that, I mean, we're frustrated. How frustrated must the players be, Keith? I mean, how much, because, because I guess that the, I guess that the, they've been told to keep up, you know, a kind of a fitness regime and, uh, and, and keep themselves, keep themselves act, active and stuff. But because of, of the restrictions of, 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 of of personal space and stuff, they can't train together. So it must be a really frustrating time for them. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's such a close knit team. We've seen that. This is why they're so successful because they're all they're all best mates. That comes across. You know, they've got a great dressing room balance there. Klopp's great. It's just such a good you know time to be in this Liverpool squad. We're seeing lovely videos on Instagram. James Milner being boring and. That's entertaining us a little bit, but I don't know how long that can go on before you actually get bored of it. You know, I think even he will get bored of uploading these videos. Um, you're seeing Robertson and Trent playing in the back garden yesterday, and it's kind of like, you know, they must be just, you know, desperate to, to get out there on the pitch. But, you know, you don't you don't want to obviously risk anyone's lives, and that's what it comes down to. It's You know, this is more important than football right now, so... I think, you know, everyone's in the same boat, aren't they? Um, so it is difficult, but of course they're going to be bored training on their own and stuff like that. It's, it's not the same as it is, you know. I mean, they're literally getting paid thousands and thousands of pounds to, to play football with the mates. Like, is there any better job in the world? I don't think Yeah, yeah and, and they're keeping themselves busy, Ghosty. Of course, you go online, you can see... Uh... You can see Bobby Firmino doing his uh, his Elton John impersonation at home. Uh, you can see uh, Alison Becker washing his hands in an hour and twenty minutes, and um, <coughs> and the most frightening one is Alex Oxlade Chamberlain dancing up and down a set of stairs. We used to be like, mate, please don't do that. <laughs> you know, you slip on the top and do yeah, it yeah. again, and we're finished. Uh, but uh, you know, it must be it must be. They just want to get it over and done with, don't we? They, they just want to. They want to get to the end of this incredible steamrolling of a league, uh, and it just seems to be that little too far away at the moment. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, when when they suspended the the, the Premier League on, on the Friday the thirteenth of all dates, um, that that weirdly left Liverpool closer to the title because the first game back would have been against been City. City. Yeah, so they only needed to win that. But now, obviously, they're still six points away, and if it does return on the thirtieth of April, then they they go to Arsenal for the return game. Um, in, even even the play, four, there was four players who were allowed to visit Melwood um, as, as of last week. It was Alisson, Shakiri, Klein, and Larucci because they, they were all injured, so they were all working with skeleton staff at Melwood. And then with Boris Johnson's announcement on Monday night, they were told to stay away. So literally everyone of the squad now were trying to keep up some sort of fitness from home. But I don't know how how easy it is to do. I mean, they, they all have you know gyms in, in the in the mansions and whatever, mm. but. That that surely can't replicate what you can learn from, you know, keeping fit with your teammates and, and you know working with them day in day out. So I think I think when the Premier League does return, there's going to be a weird kind of pre-season tempo to it, which is going to be strange to watch. But Liverpool just needs to get over that line, don't they? Well, yeah, it makes you wonder whether or not Liverpool, well, every other team is going to have a mindset saying the only way you're going to peg any kind of games back off this off this off this side this incredible side is if you hit the ground running if you do if you are i mean the fittest yeah. out the blocks really and the fastest and fittest out the blocks are going to start gaining momentum but uh, it would be you know in some ways i know i've spoken to people like i know john Aldridge would love us to do the title at, at, at the etihad 
I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted an Anfield personally. Is, yeah. there, is there a preference for you, Ghosty and Keith? Yeah, it, it, it's got to be Anfield, hasn't it? I mean, I think the the kind of scope to take the Mickey at the the Etihad or Goodison Park would have been good for Liverpool fans for an hour or two. But in years to come, when you're looking back, when that first title in 30 years was won, you wanted to be at Anfield, don't you? In front of 55,000 Liverpool fans, um, it, it's a no-brainer for me. It has to be at Anfield. I mean, I'd take it in Birkenhead Park right now, but um, <laughs> I, th- I think passed out Anfield, that's what you want, isn't it? That's the dream. You know, like Paul said before, behind closed doors, it'd just be soulless way to, to win your first title in 30 years, wouldn't it? So hopefully, you know, it is at a sold-out Anfield. Yeah, it is a, it is a funny one. Let's, let's, I mean, the problem the problem with, you know, the, the old saying idle hands and all that, the problem with, 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 with there not being a lot of sport news is that stuff starts getting made up and circulated now. There's been a lot of talk popping up in the papers again about the future of some Liverpool players with a transfer window that could be... I mean, they're, they're talking about getting a transfer window, sort of moving the, the, the realms of a transfer window, aren't they? Um, uh, I, I read somewhere about, about, about them moving it forward so people get players in. There's been talk of Sadio Mane. There's been talk of... of of um, Mo Salah, how solid do you think this team is in in terms of of players going elsewhere? And do you think, ironically, the winning of of, of the league would 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 spearhead this feeling of well, we've we've do, we've been here and we've done fantastic things with this club? Particularly the Mane thing, is the Real Madrid won't go away, will it? Do you think that's do you, do you think that's something that we should be worried about? I think I think there's a school of thought to say that if Liverpool win the Premier League, then one or two players might look at it and think they've done everything they can. They've won the Premier League, they've won the Champions League and, and the Club World Cup and, and that could be the, the natural end of the line for some. But I think there's still, from a Liverpool perspective, most of these players, well, virtually all of these players, there's only Genie Wijnaldum who isn't. They're all tied down to long-term deals. They've all signed a new contract at some point over the last two years. So they've still got value. They've still got years on the contract. They're still in a, all at a decent age. There's no one who's coming towards the, over the hill I think Henderson and Wijnaldum are 29 and apart from Milner they're, they're the oldest in the squad apart from Lallana who we already know is going to be moving on so I think Liverpool are well placed now with Klopp tied down for the next few years and his backroom staff all the players you know to long contracts I think there's a, an argument for Liverpool keeping everyone together adding to it and going on to dominate for the next few years that's what we'd all want, wouldn't we, Keith? To add to what we've got here, I mean, it's a, it's a squad that uh, there's the envy of world football at the moment. But what Ghosty just said there, sometimes you, you you get success breeds that little bit of well, I'm going to move on now somewhere else, and it sort of upsets the apple cart. But but we there are six players there, aren't there? That 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 are looking like very much out of the door at Anfield, um, and of of one of them, Shakiri. Who, who has become such a fan favourite, it would be such a shame. They put a £25 million price tag on him and Galatasaray seems to be the destination of choice, but it'd be a real shame to let him go, would it not? I think he's been a good squad player, hasn't he? Probably at times he hasn't maybe done enough, but other times he's popped up like the derby this season and other games in the past, you know, where he's been there and, you know, scored some goals or, you know, just shown that little bit of finesse and magic he's got. Um, but, you know, to buy a player, I think thirty million, in the knowledge that he was going to be a squad player, he's pretty much been that player. To to think he only would have had a couple of seasons is probably a shame. But you know, um, 
I think he'd be a great person to stick around, but he's had his injury troubles as well. And if you can almost double the price, then you you wonder why Liverpool wouldn't want to snap your hands off with some you know great young players coming in as well. Yeah, it is a tricky one. I I I, I still think he's underused, and I find it odd that he's that he has this seemingly innocuous injury that's taken that long. But but uh, he is one of the players that I mean, we got Lallana, you got Lovren. Um, Klein, you know, there's six and all, isn't it? Uh, but he, he's the one for me, Gorsley, that I just feel that I wish, I wish we could keep hold of because I just feel like he can, he can, he can go on with twenty to go or fifteen to go and and and, and find the pass. You know, he's got that, he's got that ability to unlock a defence. Yeah, I think I think it would have been a, a big source of frustration for Klopp actually over the last three months that when he's needed a little plan B and, and a little option off the bench, he hasn't had Shakiri available. Um, it's it's a strange one. We initially got told that the injury he's got now was just a minor one, and that was back in January. He hasn't played since the last couple of minutes against Tottenham on January eleventh, I think. So it's coming up to nearly you know three months out, and he's still on the shelf. And um, it's a it's a frustrating one. Like he could have easily have been an option for the last twenty minutes against Atletico, or um, you know in in the FA Cup when Liverpool. Got beast. He could have started in that one. Just yeah. a, a little, little something different, isn't he? But he's uh, he's only he's only played. He's only made two Premier League starts all season. He's been injured for so much of it. He also had an injury earlier in the season that left him out for about three months. So he spent most of the season kicking his heels on the bench or straight trying to get fit. And it looks like if they get a decent offer this summer, he's going to be on the way. Poetry in motion. On the Blood Red Channel. Let's concentrate on 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 the potential comings into the club. Um, lots of big names rumoured. I'll go through a couple. I know the pair of you give me the pros and cons of each one. Uh, I'll start with you, Kiva. Timo Werner. Pros and cons of signing someone like him. Uh, I think he worry is that he's you know scored twenty odd goals in the Bundesliga this season. Is he gonna want to come in alongside? Mane, Salah, and Firmino, and play second fiddle to them. I think he's he's a player who's what is he twenty four, twenty five now. He, he's he'll be wanting to start games. I think that you worry with him. The price seems like you know probably the best price out of all the players. Link with Liverpool be around fifty million is sort of tipped. But then you know I don't know how that works in terms of does a player have to leave for him to come in or should we just strengthen the team? You know with players like Shakiri maybe going out. Do we bring in someone who's you know, young, hungry, and looks like the future of German football. It is, it goes, it is. <clears throat> we've discussed this in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. When you've when you've got a, a team that are doing as well as Liverpool, there's always that thing then of who are you going to bring in? Just like Kiva just said, who are you going to bring in of as high enough status to want to sit and get splinters in his ass when he wants to get on the pitch? Timo Werner sort of, you know, has, seems to have publicly declared, declared his love for Klopp and Liverpool, um, which seems to suggest that he he wants to come here, but. As Kiva's just suggested, coming here and, and going straight to the bench might be a problem for him. Or, again, are there signs there that he could be going into a team because players are going out? No, I, I don't think. Um, I don't think the future of, of any of the, the front three would hinge on, on Timo Werner coming to Liverpool. I mean, I th- he's a player who's been on the radar for, for, for quite a while. Yeah, he's fancied him for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, but it it seems now as if all the stars are aligning, and it's a bit of a no-brainer because Liverpool, um, 
as we say, with Richie Carey being injured, they haven't had that, that option off the bench. And there's no doubt that Timo Werner coming on as a, as a replacement for any of the front three would be a, a, a huge upgrade on Divock Origi, on Shikari, um, on Minamino. I, I think he, I'm, I'm looking at, you mentioned the, the cons there, and I can't really see any from a Liverpool perspective. It's just up to him whether he, he, he back himself to break in ahead of that front three, you know, once he's here. Um, yeah. I don't think he'd necessarily come in and come in to replace them straight away, but then the onus would be on him to, to do that. And I think he seems to be a player who who likes Liverpool, you know, seems to love Jürgen Klopp. I mean, who wouldn't as a as a German footballer? So he he does appear to tick all the boxes. The only question is whether Liverpool are prepared to pay what would likely to be forty, fifty million on someone who isn't going to be an, a regular starter. But Liverpool are looking to really move on now and become a top team for the foreseeable you have to pay these sorts of figures well I think that's the thing isn't it Keith? This, this is the landscape now that Liverpool find themselves in <clears throat> and rightly so but when you've when you've built your success uh, you know on, on a great squad but also two massive signings in, in Van Dijk and Alisson then surely that landscape they're in now has to change the, the way they're thinking because there's another player for instance Kai Havertz who's been mentioned um, uh, by Leverkusen attacking midfield they've scored 20 times this season looks decent but he's looking around the 100 million mark is there a case really where do you think Liverpool will have to step up to that new landscape now or is there, is there because virtually every player in that Liverpool team is worth more now than they were when they were bought by, by Liverpool is the reason in there then that they're not going to do that and they're going to keep trying to find sort of diamonds in the rough I don't think so. I think Gary Neville mentioned it, didn't he, on Monday Night Football, um, that Liverpool, you know, for so many years were never meeting the sort of level Man United were in the transfer market. And then once Van Dijk came in and Alisson, he, he was he said himself, that's when I got worried because, you know, Liverpool were finally meeting that, that demand for players to be needed and they were willing to, you know, splash the cash where for a while it was, you know, 30-odd million, they weren't really going much higher and, you know, now they're, they're willing to pay that. So I think, you know, the price doesn't necessarily come into it. They had a quiet summer last, last year, didn't they, the transfer window. So, I mean, you know, the, the club's got money. I don't think they're, they're scared to spend it. I think it will be more so on maybe the players who are proven now because, you know, they've took risks that have paid off and risks that haven't. You look at Andy Robertson, that was, you know, what a bargain. Other players similar to that in that ilk, um, so I think now it's more so about just you know bringing in the players that Klopp thinks can take this team forward because it's it's a weird place to be and to be the best team in the world which Liverpool are. And we had a couple of rocky weeks there before the suspension of football, but I think it is weird. Like where do you add to it? How do you make it, this team better? And I think players like Havertz and Werner, even Sancho, are being linked because they're the sort of next steps. They're the players that can maybe add something that Liverpool don't have. I think that's why Coutinho's, you know, constantly, he never really goes away, does he? You know, he's no. constantly linked because Liverpool, you st- still feel and missing that little bit of quality there. And, you know, that's why they're being linked. And obviously, Paul mentioned Origi and you, you start to sort of question each player and you're thinking, you know, what, I mean, he'll always go down as a, a Liverpool icon, Origi, but is he is he doing enough in terms of, Pushing the front three for a play, you want uh, he's maybe not playing enough games, and yeah, you know, you start to question whether would someone like Timo Werner be a better option 
off the bench than Origi. Not that we, you know, I think Origi can stay around forever for what he done last season. Um, but you know, that's when you start questioning how do we how do we make it better? And you have to look even at, at players like that and think, you know, can, can we go one up? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about um, neither to home then, because of course there are. Premiership players that have that have, that have um, put themselves on the radar with Liverpool, and I'm not just talking about um, Raheem Sterling, of course, who apparently <laughs> loves us still. Um, Adama Traore, uh, who impressed, uh, has impressed all season. I think yeah. Klopp, Klopp um, uh, said that at some moments he's unplayable. Um, Seventy-five million pound price tag getting thrown about him. Enemy, he's a player, isn't he, Paul? He is. He's someone who I didn't rate for a while. Actually, I just thought he was—he was all patient and no kind of finesse or end product. But he's—he's he's completely changed my opinion of him this season. He's been fantastic for a Wolves team who were um, the Wolves have real designs on winning that Europa League, and I think they'll obviously look to finish in the Champions League places as well. Um, one of the emerging teams in the Premier League, and he's probably their star man. He's got incredible pace. He's, if there's a quicker player in the Premier League, I, I haven't seen him. He, he's so quick and direct, powerful, and is starting to add goals and assists to, to his game. And there was a game I've seen the Wolves against United at Old Trafford, and I think it was, it was literally the last minute of the game, actually. And United were on the attack, and um, Traore got the ball. And there was about five players around him. He was in his own half, and within about five seconds, he'd, he'd run away from them all, played it through to him, and as you nearly scored the winner. Uh, it was only for a, a good save from the hair that, that stopped him. And he's just he's, he's that type of player. When he when he gets the ball, everyone expects him to do something. And we've seen it when Liverpool played at Molyneux in was it January. As soon as yeah. he got the ball, Andy Robertson. Not many players got the better of him, but Robertson was terrified of him that game. And Liverpool had to work so hard to close down his faces whenever he had the ball. Liverpool were lucky that he was only limited to twenty minutes at Anfield because he played well when he came on. Um, he's a great player. The question is. I, I, he would be ideal actually for this squad I think in terms of being an option off the bench um, but the question is how much are they going to pay for him and again it's the same old thing then because you, 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 you technically you're talking about someone to replace Salah aren't you because he's a, he, he's on that right wing isn't he yeah um, which you know you've got to jig things around and you, you've got to again comes back to that thing of you're going to pay vast amounts of money for someone and then say sit there for a little bit till your time comes it is it is a tricky one to to, uh, to to try and to try and juggle, but 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 definitely it would be a plus in in the side. Someone like him, Keith. I'd I'd just buy him just so he didn't have to play against Liverpool again. To be <laughs> honest, because that was he was one of them players. It hasn't actually happened that much this season because Liverpool have been such a dominant force. But he was one of the few players that I've really been you know petrified myself. Never mind, Robbo. I've been watching him thinking, oh, take like I don't want to see him anymore. And that, I think that's quite rare. Can you think of any other players that have had that sort of effect against Liverpool? Like, there's not that many this season that really stand out, and he's definitely one of them. So you know, I mean, that pace and, and them thighs. I mean, I'm still not over them to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am myself. I'm, I, I still go to sleep dreaming of uh, uh, Troy Ray's thighs. Um, I think it might be just this virus though. Um, <laughs> Kicking in, uh, other players in the in the uh, Premiership to, to to look at. Todd Campwell's been impressive. Yeah, he has. Um, I'm not. He he is definitely someone player, who. He? Yeah, he's definitely someone who who would be happy to to be a squad player, wouldn't he? You, you couldn't see him coming in and and uh, rocking the boat if he wasn't playing every week. He's young, skillful, English, uh, very creative, typical number ten. 
Um, very much in the Adam Lallana mould, but he's about yeah. 12 years younger than him. Um, yeah, I, I, I like what I've seen of him. Um, is, he, is he ready to, to make a huge contribution at a team like Liverpool? I don't know yet, if I'm honest. Maybe give him another year in, in the... Well, if he's, if, if Norwich do get relegated, I imagine he's, he's going to have plenty of shooters in the Premier League. Um, it's a case, again, of, of how much how much is he going to go for. But I think Liverpool now need to have a little look at it. You look across the, the other big squads in, in Europe and, and City have got so many attacking players. You know, Mares doesn't get a game. He played for every other team in the Premier League. Um, Real Madrid a little bit different because they're rebuilding. But Barcelona, they've got Suarez, Griezmann, Messi, Dembele. Every team has more than their starting 11 options. So Liverpool, a little bit different in terms of that drop-off in quality being so... So uh, so big, um, so I think it's, maybe it's about time they stop thinking along those lines and, and really started bringing in that, that four-choice attacker who's going to be, you know, a huge sign in the summer. Well, talking of that, of course, the, the name that won't go away, despite the fact that it would be probably a world record price tag, is Kylian Mbappe. I mean, he just seems to be floating around everyone's uh, psyche when it comes to when it comes to the, his new club, whoever he's going to go to. Uh, let's be realistic that's not a sign that's going to happen anytime soon as a key I mean you'd like it to wouldn't you that would change the game I think it would end the game to be honest We, I mean football suspended now but Mbappe signs then it's just over isn't it pretty much <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think he's always sort of been fabled for that you know Real Madrid move and you, you would expect them to make that next step to from PSG to there it just I mean it makes sense doesn't it you, you've seen the pictures of him as a kid with Real Madrid posters. He, it seems like the movie's always had his heart on, set on, but he, you know, he obviously swapped the shirt to Monaco for, for uh, PSG, and then you know he's been unreal, hasn't he? You think he's he's probably the t- he's already maybe taken that mantle from as Ronaldo and Messi sort of slip into their twilight now, and um, you know he, he'd be a phenomenal player if Liverpool could get him. But come on, he, I mean he's. Probably you're looking at like 200 million, really, aren't you? Realistically, um, just because he's, I mean, he's the, he's the one, he's he's the the next in line to the throne, isn't he? And obviously, Liverpool, he's with Nike, and you kind of think that could really end the world, like I've just said, but it literally would. Like imagine Mbappe in a Liverpool kit, it'd just be next level, really. But but you were saying that, Keith, and you're right, and I did start by saying it'd be impossible, but but. It is, it is, it is frustrating, isn't it? When you think that even what Liverpool, Liverpool's past, and even what Liverpool are doing now, there is still that thing of well, you know, he's going to go to one of the big two, isn't he? It does kind of frustrate you, don't it, to think why shouldn't he be playing in the Liverpool kit? Why shouldn't he be? Why shouldn't he be starting for the best football team in the world at the moment? Uh, and and then and then you know prolonging their reign at the top. Why? Why is it something that we still automatically just? Feel a bit fanciful about not not the fact that he's that he's been in in the Real Madrid kit as a kit, just the fact that price tag wise and it and we we don't still see because there are clubs in this I think there are clubs in this in this in our league that would buy him that would would that would stretch to him. so why is it that we as Liverpool fans still sort of find it fanciful I think I think if you look at Liverpool's history it's it, it's rooted in the fact that Liverpool have never gone out and bought the absolute world's best players have they I was watching the Diego Maradona documentary. Uh, the other night and 
I actually texted me and I said, how, how come Liverpool weren't sniffing around him when, when Napoli were the only team interested in him? And was it 83, 84? You know, Liverpool at the time were probably the best, one of the best teams, well, the best team in the world, weren't they? The European champions and, and whatever. Um, you just never seem to have, have gone for that absolute elite bracket. It's always been players have built their reputations as that once they've come to the club. Um, but to be fair, for Maraj, to be fair, Maraj, on his case, he's a nutter, and he always was a nutter. And you can imagine someone going, "Well, he's, he's the best player in the world, but he's a nutter." And why would you want someone to come here? So you can see very much in that in that mould why you know uh, why they wouldn't they wouldn't have entertained him. But Mbappe doesn't seem like he's the kind of he just seems like you know mm. he's a world class player, and it it does. I know I speak to loads of Reds who say you know. You're right. It's great to do it the purest way, in a, in a sense that you find these the Andy Robertsons of the world, and then you home grow the, the, the likes of the Joe Gomez's and the Trent Alexanders. But we still have spent seventy five million. We 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 had the the rich. We had the most expensive sign in the world at one point, didn't we? And, uh, for the defender and a goalkeeper. Uh, so we have sort of dipped our toe in the water of it. But it, it, it just, you know, the Uniteds of the world do get the Sanchos, and, and I don't mean uh, the Sanchezes, and I don't mean that it works all the time, but I just think it can be frustrating when, when we're not tipped because we're simply not supposed to. Yeah, maybe. And I think it, it comes down to the history of paying paying the big money, doesn't it? I mean, Liverpool have always paid big money for players, but it's never been the absolute world well, brackets until, as you mentioned, then Van Dyke and, and Allison, and it's it's easy to forget that Van Dyke come from Southampton. Um, Allison, okay, he, he come from Roma, who had been Champions League semi finalist that year, but they're not a Juventus, are they? They're not Barcelona, no. Real Madrid. Um, I think it's it's just kind of been the way Liverpool have always operated. Maybe a sustained couple of years now under Klopp, the way they've been Champions League finalists back to back, likely to be Premier League champions they can start to shift that mentality almost and yeah. players across Europe can, can see see that themselves and think this is a, a project that they want to join. Um, but it remains to be seen whether Liverpool will go out and, and pay 100 million plus for a player. I, I, I find it difficult to ever see Liverpool doing that, although it, it surely will one day happen. Just don't know whether it will be this summer. Just with the rate of inflation rather than, rather than uh, any kind of degree of... Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of of paying outside the box. Well, players likely to be players likely to be moving on. We mentioned the six, uh, one of which Dejan Lovren. Uh, do you think that Dejan Lovren? You know, there were signs. There were signs this season earlier on where where he was really kind of stumping up against uh, against the likes of uh, Van Dijk, who who, who seemingly uh, until recent weeks uh, could could stick Charlie Drake alongside him, and he still put a performance in. Or, but but. Uh, for those of you who know Charlie Drake was around years ago, just show me age there, and he was a little fat fellow with a bald head. Um, it does seem like uh, Lovren, Lovren could be on his way. Do you think that's a sign? And now, do you think that's that that that's a transfer now that needs to happen? Keith, oh sorry, that's all goes. He was gonna. Um, do you know what? I'm very much in terms of Lovren, Lovren's exit. I'm very much pro that, not because of anything else, but I just feel like. The sort of that kind of player who is sort of prone to just, you know, a world class performance one week and then just like, you know, not obviously the next. I think, you know, I think it's took clock time to sort of slowly, you know, pull the weeds out of the garden in terms of, you know, we saw Mignolet go, Moreno, players like that. I just don't think are probably good enough for Liverpool. And, 
you know, as much as Dejan Lovren's been, you know, fantastic in some games, in other games he's been absolutely woeful. I think he's a player who's just, you never know really what you're going to get with him. Um, and I think maybe it is time now to look, you know, to a, another sort of centre-half option. I think, you know, massive solid in his place. I think, you know, Van Dijk and, and Gomez are the, obviously the first choice. And then, you know, we need that sort of fourth choice to come in, someone maybe now a lot younger who can learn the trade, but like still old enough and experienced to take it on. You know, you said that anyone could play next to Van Dijk and I completely believe that, but we, we do have to have someone who is actually, you know, a good player as well. And I think, I think you know, it'd be great for Lovren to go out on a high win in the Premier League, but I'd just like to see that kind of, you know, he's the last of the sort of the player like that, you know, the, the capitulation that you just don't want to see Liverpool, you know, bonded with anymore because they're, they're totally far from that now. And, and I still scream out for Koulibaly. I reckon he's probably going to go to United for 100 million, somewhere, somewhere around that. But again, it's I, and I don't want to be, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, let's just spend billions and billions and billions of quids. I mean, it's not that. It's just when you see these players and then yeah. you realise the effect that spending big has had on Liverpool. Because the Van Dijk and the Allison signings, um, I'm not saying they're a two-man team. Of course they're not. Um, but but that really showed up a team that were going forward two steps and getting one back, weren't they? And it just seemed to really plug a gap. And you you just feel like yeah, we have got we have got players there in in in, in, in Gomez and stuff that, that are coming through. And we've got younger ones as well in Van der Berg and stuff. But the cooler ballys of the world, him alongside I've said it before, but him alongside Van Dijk would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't even bother going over the halfway line, would you? If those would two were at the back, roller shutter on the on the roller shutter on the bar, isn't it? <laughs> I think. Um, I I think I know. Klopp said before he's actually used the phrase there were only two signings that had to be slam dunks, and that was Van Dijk and Allison. And luckily for Liverpool, they've both proven to be that. But that is down to the amount of work that's done before the before they've been signed. You know, the scouting the. The assessment of the, the personality of the player and the ability and, and whatnot. And, you know, Liverpool, you'd be hard pushed to to name a player where Liverpool have put a foot wrong over the last four years where Michael Edwards has been the sporting director. Um, Loris Carius is the only one who immediately springs to mind. Naby Keita, Jordy might still be out on him, but he's still a Liverpool player with um, a big future if he can get it right. So you'd, you'd back Liverpool now if they made a big money sign and for it to be, you know, a have a, an effect in the same way that Alisson has the same way that Van Dijk has so it's yeah. quite exciting really when you think this is a club who might be in the market to spend spend a bit of cash this summer um, on, a, on a big name and it's um, who's going to be and, and no more often than not it, it seems that they're getting it right yeah well fingers crossed long may I continue alright listen just before we go as it stands now we're Thursday the 26th of March the league is meant to resume uh, next Friday 3rd of April two days after April Fool's Day, uh, which seems a more likely prospect. Um, do you think that uh, we are looking at an extension to an extension to a suspension? Uh, or is it realistic to say, we know that this landscape changes every single day, um, but do you think it's realistic to say that we're going to get postponed again? Uh, honestly, probably, yeah. I mean, say it's a bit of April at the moment. What, what did Johnson say Monday night? Three weeks of, of isolation and he might look to to relax those laws, um, but it's it's just a case of taking it day by day, isn't it? And hopefully the the, the increase in cases continues to to uh, to diminish, and then we can maybe start to have a little look at it. But at, at the moment, 
what are we just over a month away until football's meant to return? I hope I'm wrong, but that might be a little bit optimistic at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Keith, the only what good the only good way of looking at it, the only positive way of looking at it is by the time we lift the trophy for the premiership, it'll be a nice sunny summer. Yeah, certainly. That's uh, the sun's been shining, hasn't it, all week? So that's definitely lifted our spirits. I think that's what you've got to focus on now, the positives. Obviously, you know, we're all in this position together. And, you know, how how many times did we want to look at the Premier League table and Liverpool be so far ahead? So, you know, don't get bored of looking at that. Keep looking at it because, you know, Liverpool are going to be Premier League champions. Whether it comes, you know, later than imagined, it's going to come. So just, yeah, let's let's try and try and be positive and enjoy as much of this sort of moments as we can because we don't know you, you really don't know this is all shown you don't know what the future holds in Absolutely. terms of life but in terms of football you know you don't know who two signings away you don't know how next season starts so we, we just really have to enjoy this now you know you're, you're hoping for a, a Liverpool dynasty and you know the, this could be the start of something special but you, you never really know do you so just just enjoy it Liverpool are top of the league and they're going to win it Absolutely. Thank you, you two. Listen, it's it is just about time to go. I've got to get out of this bath in two days. It's getting cold now. So <laughs> I've got to go I've got my mother in law staying with us and I've got to go and give her a dinner. She's on uh, cheese and crackers. She doesn't like cheese and crackers, but it's all I can slide under the door. Um have a one listen, have a good safe time. Keep keep uh, keep healthy, keep safe, and that goes to everyone out there who's listening to this as well. Thank you for sticking with us and sticking with all of the downloads uh, on the Blood Red. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening to us. Uh, be safe, uh, wash your hands, uh, and don't forget sing sing the LA, LA, LA song when you wash your hands. That's about the right distance. Better than happy birthday. Kiva and Paul, take care of yourselves, um, and we'll see you all again soon. Hopefully, next time we'll all be in the same room. Yeah. And we'll all be dressed. Uh, <laughs> take care of yourselves. Well, you never know. Christmas party and all that. Uh, we'll see you all again soon, and uh, keep listening to uh, Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.